Hey guys, welcome to Content Candy's new, new show. It's kind of an old show. It's uh, Cinema Bias with myself, Video Drew, and Alex Mack. Please enjoy. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Like and rate and leave a review. That's like a thing you can do on podcasts. And make sure to also check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways that you can support this channel, which is growing. Okay, end of thing. This is a not even a new show. This is an already existing this show. This is an old show. This is a really old, this is the oldest show on the internet. This is a rerun you're watching right now. This we is already live. recorded this. No, it's not. It, <laughs> it is live. Uh, uh, hi, Adelia. Actually, yeah, absolutely, Adelia. You 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 check out. You should go and go rest. Uh, yes, this is a show hosted by me and uh, Alex Mack, who is who is over there, over this side. And then also tonight we have joining with us uh, Lon Harris. That's me. And also oh. a very special guest, Zipper. He's the world. No, it's yep. you. It's yeah. You. There you go. Um, so this, this is guy. a show where we, yeah, mm-hmm. this guy, this guy. Look at him. We're so helpful with pointing everywhere. Like, <laughs> I know you I'm never pointing right. I will tell you, I have not no, learned. No, it's not. It's terrible. My my spatial reasoning is all sorts of sideways. Uh, <laughs> so guys, this is a show where, where we sort of uncover uh, and explore why we like and dislike certain sort of movies and genres and sort of make each other like, you know, push each other out of our comfort zones cinematically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's involved me and Alex, like, sort of forcing each other to watch uh, and, and stuff stuff in our eyeballs that we normally wouldn't have shoved. Uh, but as we've expanded the show and we sort of looked outside of our guests on, and this is one of their, this is a very special episode where we've asked Eric on to talk about, or to, to, to sort of bring up a film and, and pick from a film that uh, maybe one of us has. Since it is October, it is a horror film. So there is a 99% chance that I've already seen it, uh, which is the case for tonight's <laughs> pick. Uh, but, um, so this is uh, It Follows. Yes. The 2000, I want to say 14? Sounds yeah. right. 2014. Sounds like right. 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Robert Mitchell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. is that right? Yep. I feel like I'm looking all yep. over. Mm-hmm. Robert yeah, Mitchell? That sounds right, yeah. Well, yeah. You, know, you can win with this perfect fight. You found three game. first names just laying around. David, yeah. David Robert Mitchell. David yeah. Mitchell Webb. David Foster Wallace. David Robert Mitchell Webb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. David. Um, yeah. So, Charles <laughs> Lee Ray. Jesus Christ. So, um, no, well, we, from it's always a we always start the show off by asking, uh, what's your bias? Um, and I guess we could start, uh, Eric, since this is your pick tonight, uh, what, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what's your sort of cinema bias uh, when you come into movies like this? How did you, what was your first experience watching this movie? Or how did you get into it? This movie falls right into the, like, sweet spot of what I want from the horror genre. So I was very much, I, like, very much had a feeling that I would love it and then loved it and then sort of continued loving it. Um, but uh, it came out while I was it li- I'm really good at release dates if the movie came out in 2014 because that's the one year that I... Didn't, didn't live in Southern California. I lived in Oregon that year. And so I remember distinctly the movies that I saw there. Um, and cause I was, I didn't know anyone. So I was just seeing a lot of movies. I was seeing everything that came out because I didn't know anyone in the city. 
And uh, I remember this movie came out and I told my roommate at the time, Sydney, about the premise. And she was so freaked out by it that every time I would see her, I would just start slowly walking towards her and she hated it. No! So especially after watching this movie, how dare you? That's insulting. Um, I, I do want to ask, you so you kind of mentioned the words, uh, you know, it's a sweet spot. When you say the sweet spot, what are like the, the ends of that range you kind of mentioned? Yeah, yeah. What is a Venn diagram to create that sweet spot? Like, what is like the mixture of a genre horror or thrillers that you're really into to create that sweet spot? Yeah. It's that I what love. Is, what is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what a Venn diagram you is. So. Yeah. Okay, I, we, we were all in school. <laughs> it, uh, I, I think for me, when it comes to the horror genre, like, when the horror genre works for me, it's my favorite, but there's a lot of horror movies that I just aren't my cup of tea. Um, and this falls very much into what I want from horror, which is that kind of like obnoxious, artsy fartsy, elevated indie modern horror, like The Witch and this and Babadook. Like that's that's the shit that I eat up, you know. The, I'm 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 basic as hell. It's those A24 <laughs> horror films that I'm just like, give me that. So it yeah. sounds like overall you do like more of the psychological horror aspect rather than like the supernatural or the slashers. I'm fine with things like that, right? It's more mm -hmm. that I just want to be like unsettled. I like like don't care about mm -hmm. jump scares at all. Like I, I just and, or like being grossed out. I just want something to like crawl under my skin in a way that I just feel like vaguely off. Like that's what I want yeah. in a horror movie. Is that I want to feel gross and weird. I want to feel gross and weird afterwards. You want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I want to so feel viscerally upset, but not we're here. Not I want to feel upset, but like not in a way that I've watched somebody's skin come off, but like uh, in a way that I'm unsettled and like don't like I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping and like won't be able to stop like having panic attacks about the concept as like a theoretical. I just, I mean, to me, it's really it's it's a, it's a balance. Like I feel like you you don't I, you know I don't necessarily want torture porn. Like I don't just want it to be brutality and violence. There's got to be like, there's got to be something about it that is it's it the the scenario is frightening. It's tapping into something universal that's scary it's not just you know oh no look that guy's guts are on the floor and yes. i think that, that that's important but at the same time i think that there are some movies and i'm not saying this is necessarily true about it follows specifically but i think that there are some movies where it's so much like the horror or the the monster becomes so metaphorical and abstracted that it almost like is not a real source of fear anymore mm -hmm. but it's purely sure. just like the idea yeah. of fear and i think that it's really mm -hmm. like the best movie well like a, a monster land on hulu i think is right now my my example i actually just, just watched the, all of monster land and i agree with you right the, the monsters at that point are so abstracted that it's like just it's like a theme in this person's dramatic story so while yes. some of them really work well as drama it's not scary in the way that you want a horror story to be. Whereas the best episodes of like Lovecraft Country, I think do a good job. The first episode of Lovecraft Country did a great job of balancing. It's like thoughtful social commentary side with it's like cabin in the woods besieged by Lovecraftian now, monsters. Now, before we get too much into what this movie is about, I do want to do, because we do have Alex uh, here as a person who has not seen the movie. So I do want to have her. Anyway, it's going to be so unheard this month. 
to have to describe the plots of this movie in 60 right. seconds or less. But before we get too much into what this movie is and isn't, I do want to have uh, our tell me the plot of this movie. So we can just quickly go through it, but also we can we can see how far Alex gets into this plot. Let's do it. Let's get it up. For this one, you know what, Alex? I believe in you because not that much happens. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. Yeah, so let's see. You got 60 seconds, Alex. Alex. You, you think you can All right. It I believe in you. All yeah. right. Okay. Whew. Let's go through it. Let's do, do it. this. Play. Okay. Yeah. So it, the story centers on this uh, young woman. Uh, her name, uh, Jay or something. But anyway, she ends up having she ends up having sex. I think for the first time, and uh, she's like, "Cool, this guy, awesome, whatever." And they go, and she ends up like cool. waking up and being tied to a table. And this guy's like, uh, "You're effed. Someone's gonna follow you, and I have no idea what it is, but it cannot, it cannot kill you. Just a heads up, it's always gonna follow you until you pass it on to someone else. So good luck, bye." And so she's like, "Oh crap, this is not real." And then she realized, "Wait, this is a, what is that?" old lady doing here what's that random old man doing here ah and so the whole thing i can't do this and so it's her trying to figure out her troubleshoot with her friends no one believes her and then by the very end of it she ends up having sex with this uh her friend and the guy it's like is it is, is the ending is, are they being followed are they not we don't know Wait, that's incredible because this movie is, makes me so anxious through watching it. Uh, just a quick, quick thing. You got a lot of that. You yeah, got a lot of that. That's pretty good. So a quick couple things. Uh, so like Alex yeah. mentions, uh, I don't believe this is the first time the character has sex. Uh, they, no, she they, mentions they, that she had slept with the yeah. neighbor in high school. Oh wait, okay. So right. I, I yeah. thought there was the line. There was okay. a line that so, says that she. It was her. Maybe she hasn't slept with the, the with that boyfriend. Guy. That yeah. guy in particular. That's what I think. Yeah. 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 My bad. So just to put it like a little bit succinctly, uh, she sleeps with a guy who then ties her to a uh, wheelchair. And what he shows her is that there is now a creature that's going to be coming after her until she uh, passes it on to the first person yeah. that she's going to sleep with. In which case. That person will then have the monster coming after her. She, he establishes right. there are two rules. One is that uh, it's it's slow, but it like it's like relentless. It'll just keep coming <laughs> at you. So always find yep. rooms with like uh, multiple exits, right. and that it uh, can look like anybody it, it, anybody it wants to, but it, yeah. it it has some sort of connection to something that you feel like it, it has some whatever sort of whatever it helps it get to close people, to you. Right. But only you can see it. Yes. Or people that mm -hmm. never like exactly. it close to you. Um, we don't know why. We don't know how he knows not to let it get close to you, except that it's very disturbing to look at. Right. Um, uh, and that, yeah, and he basically is like, good luck, and like, let's hear it all. Yeah. Those um, are the rules of having it, it follows. That's the rules of having it follows, as described by that one character who might not have the whole picture for what's right. going on. Right, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what it plays around with, too, is it, 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 it is sort of tied into the idea of, like, an urban legend, or, like, it's like, it's a story that's being passed down, so it's a little bit like a game of telephone, like, Presumably, everybody who hasn't it follows heard about the rules of it follows from the previous person that they had sex with who had the it mm -hmm. follows. So we don't know how many generations it's gone through and how distorted well, the messaging well, has become. Right, and that's well, an interesting point because there won't be anybody alive left to tell it. Right? Unless she told a friend that you didn't sleep mm -hmm. with. Right. Yeah, we're, we're, well, we're counting on this passage of it follows knowledge. We also forgot the one rule, which is there's only one of it. There's not how you would establish that and how you know that to be it can, true when it can look there's right. Yeah. Absolutely there's only one of it, what whatever it may be, but it can also it, it can, can problem solve. solve. 
it, it can problem solve. It can use yeah. a brick to break a window. It can turn yeah. doorknobs, you know, things like that. It's pretty much a zombie. It's a zombie. To, yeah. It's like a classic version of a zombie, essentially. You know, I mean, like, it's slow. Yeah, it's got like a J horror vengeful spirit angle to it too. Yeah. It's like it's like if a zombie watched the Grudge franchise, it was like I'm gonna do that, like because it has that weird like a zombie is just like a random like if it starts chasing you and then somebody runs that way, it, it's gonna start chasing them. This has more of like it's after you. It's only after you specifically. It's yeah. like a zombie that's, that's targeted at you, yeah. which is a different thing than a normal zombie. And by the way, no, since no one else can see it, it's because it has the ability. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, oh no, no. Sorry. Uh, um, okay. oh. <laughs> uh, Eric, please go. Go, Eric. One of the things that I think sets it apart from zombies is that it, like, can mess with you. That it has a little bit of not mm -hmm. a sense of humor, but, like, a little bit of a sense of irony that it will, like, taunt you by what it appears as and it like mm -hmm. like, oh, like you said later. there's a little bit of a uh it can think and it's kind of a, a little more actively malicious it's not trying to eat it like it's trying to fuck with you and then kill you like yeah literally and figuratively yeah i mean in some cases get until, like <laughs> oh yeah i think my like wife has a oh. little bit I think yeah. my wife has a little bit bad tonight, so if I think I'm getting in and out, that's probably yeah, why. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a little bit of a lag, yeah. I think, in making it. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, I do agree so, that it's really, it's really kind of a wonky situation. You know, you don't really, also don't really know what is. Is it a spirit? Is it a demon? Is it a ghost? Is it, again, I think, we, I think you guys kind of mentioned, it's definitely not a zombie or anything along those lines, but, you know, there's, you know, it's very similar to Japanese horror. It's very, it's the psychological aspect. The fear is not so much of the thing itself. The, a lot of the fear is derived from what it's doing to you. No one will believe you. No one else can see it. And therefore, it kind of makes it such an isolating experience. Um, you know, I, I think what this movie really, really does really fantastic about it, though, is that it really creates a, a real sense of um, genuine anxiety and a lot of genuine fear, especially when it comes to horror movies. I can watch Hellraiser, but I'm never actually scared in the movie Hellraiser, you know? And so, but this movie, I was like genuinely like, <gasps> like, you know, it's very creepy, like genuinely super creepy. Um, Eric, did you ever yeah. have that feeling? Or no? Mm -hmm. Sorry, what was that? It's just me, you, and me for a hot minute. It's all good. Um, yeah, so, for sure. like, oh, watching this, you know, did, did you get any of those feelings or did you have a completely different experience, you know, watching it? I will say that I found this movie really scary the first time. And now that I've seen it five or six times, though, um, scared mm -hmm. is not the main feeling that it gives me. It mostly makes okay. me really sad. Uh, I think this movie is really? like, incredibly melancholy and just mm -hmm. like tragic and it just really like it just it's just like when i watch this movie like it just gives like a good sadness like a warm sadness but it's like i think it's just like a really kind of tragic and melancholy and beautifully sad movie and it's still scary um mm -hmm. but because the things that are scary about it are so existential and so overarching yeah. 
it just gives me it's it's more like wow i'm gonna die someday wow i'm gonna have to grow up and face responsibilities and i'm gonna have to like deal with this loss like childhood is gone and i can never go back to it so like mm -hmm. the things that this movie is about mostly just make me sad I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. There is a real sense of melancholy and it's a real aspect of like having to face, grow up and face your fears, even if you really, really don't want to. Um, it's, you coming. Know, but it, it's coming for yeah, you. It's coming. Whether you, you like it do. or not, it's definitely yeah. somewhat symbolic or something. It's crazy. What? Um, what? Um, something I, I thought was like really interesting. I didn't realize until the very end is that the, the, um, there's almost very few adults in this movie. At you all. don't even see their faces when yeah, they do show up. Too. It's like they very deliberately, and then the kids hiding behind fences at the beginning of the yeah. movie. Is yeah, there, there's so few and far between. And a lot of the adults that we see throughout, I mean, there are maybe like a young adult like this guy right here, where he's, I think he's 20, 21 years old, uh, you know, dating the dating the college student and dating her. But, you know, some of the other adults was like uh, that neighbor kid, uh, the neighborhood kid's mom that ends up like tackling her son. There was that guy on the roof that was like balls out literally. Um, you know, uh, there was- Her dad you know, at the end using her, using her dead dad as like oh, a way to fuck with her. Like the way yeah. the movie treats adulthood as this like horrific thing that you're hurtling towards that you can't, escape is is so yeah cool. well it was like with that being said you know this is definitely a you know more more of a th like there's the I, when I was watching this I was I felt very conflicted whether this is more of a traditional because it is technically by its by its own definition it is more of it has a lot of supernatural aspects therefore it is technically supernatural horror but watching it it felt very much like a coming-of-age thriller do you agree or disagree on that I think the coming of age elements are definitely there because it's very a much a movie that is about a transitionary period, right? That transition mm -hmm. from adult childhood into adulthood where you're like yeah. 19, you still feel like you're kind of a kid, but it's behind Living you. Living with your family sometimes. And exactly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I definitely do feel that. Uh, I think, mm -hmm. I think the thing that, as I think one of the reasons why my brain has a hard time classifying it as like, it is supernatural, but I think mm -hmm. something the movie does so well is it feels like a nightmare. Like there's all this yeah. nightmare logic. And so it, it feels like a nightmare that you're having. So it feels grounded mm -hmm. in the sense that it feels rooted in these like very psychological things. Uh, but then, you know, there's all this crazy supernatural shit happening. Now, I absolutely agree with you there. Like this scene, F this. That lady <clears throat> right? scared the crap out of me. I was like, no, mm -mm, I don't want to leave so much. Like, looking at this picture, I don't want no. it. There's this moment, there's this, like, part where eyes are, like, freaking out. It, like, it was, like, it was, like, really, really intense. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's actually really on the nose in a good way because a lot a lot of times especially in movies especially when they're trying to give you points where it's where they're like obviously symbolism they really make it overt but in this movie it's very subtle it's uh it's very uh, it's you only you only notice it maybe later on after discussing it or maybe in your second watch but you know i went back after seeing it earlier today i went back and watched a handful of scenes because i 
couldn't stop thinking about this one in particular because <laughs> after thinking it over, I was like, it's very clearly talk about ageism. It's very clearly where this is, it's it's very perfect that they, she chose uh, that the, the old, a, a very old woman was coming to get her right away. Um, yeah. It was gonna be her first interaction with it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you said, it is a pretty on the nose metaphor, but it's a rich one. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's a lot of facets to it of like fear of death, fear of aging. And you're right. I didn't even really think about that, about how pointed it is that her first awareness of this thing comes in the form of not just an old person, but clearly like a dying old person, like wearing like this gown that evokes a hospital and like immediately mm -hmm. it's just like death 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 and it's just like oh the, yeah oh uh, the eyes were freaking me out and she's not a yeah she's you know she's on a college campus she's a, she's a student she's a young person you know like you like we said you know um going we're kind of talking about still chatting about the plot obviously but you know there's this movie is even though it's not a movie that has that has like a traditional monster or anything like that. This movie, however, has a lot of really really great visuals. There's a lot of great visual cues. I think that's really. Uh, I feel like the cinematography is actually pretty fantastic. There's a real sense of isolation um, that's very so effective good. throughout the movie. The beach scene, phew, uh, the beach scene. Um, you know, the scene, um, the exposition, and everything. You know, where she's tied to the wheelchair in that like garage thing. You know, it, it's a really haunting way to kind of go about it. Did you have, especially speaking of which, is there a particular scene in this movie where you're like, beautiful? Did you have a favorite? Oh, that part. Mm -mm, that I one. think, mm -mm. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> that moment, that <laughs> moment is awesome. That moment is terrible. <gasps> it's a great um, one. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think the beach moment where it plays that, where it plays out that fake out with, Yara with their friend where you think oh Yara's just like walking back to the group from like going to the house and then we see her float by in that pool I think that reveal is incredibly well done I think that like mm -hmm. all of the moments where the camera just starts like spinning and you're just looking at every single person like which one of you motherfuckers is it I know like one of you is the mm -hmm. it um, yeah mm -hmm. I love it yeah terrifying it's I, I do think it's also not only that it's also the it's the scene in the movie where everyone is like oh shoot she's not just in a process of recovery from because you know, there was this idea that you know she might have been raped she might have been assaulted in some way right. that's the reason why she was like dumped out of the car um you know that's you know also kind of a, say that's a reflection of you know you know sometimes after having, having a physical relationship sometimes uh partners are almost like uh not always obviously but sometimes partners are like dumped right away after having you know any kind of physical intimacy um or like emotionally speaking or whatever maybe and she's so you know i would assume considering she was literally almost kicked out of the car and just in a bra and shorts i would assume the worst and her hands yeah. were like tied like it's a very scary yeah. moment overall you know uh yeah. so and i definitely think that's yeah. part of the part of the metaphor mm -hmm. for sure yeah yeah
Okay, so we kind of talked about the the plot a little bit. We chatted about like some of our favorite scenes. I feel like you and I are like on the have the same process about you know definitely the beach scene is definitely one of the more perfect scenes. I do want to focus a little bit on the opening scene in particular. Mm-hmm. The opening with that girl where she goes to a beach, nothing behind her, and then we just see nothing in the car. Now, obviously, looking back, you're like, oh f. Um, obviously, but you know, and you just see you know, backing up and you see like her leg. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I feel like that's definitely one of the more perfect opening scenes that we've, we've, you can see from a, like a social thriller like this. What do you think? Am I wrong? Yeah. It's no, it's great because it shows us what it looks like from the outside, right? It shows us what it looks like to the people around the person that has this thing. Mm -hmm. We can't see it in the opening scene. Um, so we're just watching what looks like this really like nonsensical reaction. Hey, um, hey you're back. Hey guys, sorry about that. Our internet went out. I think it's a lot more clear now. We were listening to you the whole time. Good. You guys are doing good. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back. And hopefully it's like, yeah, and fingers crossed on your internet. I hope it's a stays to be, it continues to be amazing. You guys have multiple sure. exits, right? Where you are, there are multiple exits. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. There's literally only one. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we are both well, virgins, so I think we're fine. <laughs> well, we did just kind of both chat about like our favorite moments, um, most moments in the sh- in the movie, obviously, as well as the opening scene in particular. Uh, but Drew, I mean, like, what about you? What were you and Lon? I mean, in particular, is there any particular scene that really called out to you, or well, is there like, or anything along those lines? I mean, if, of course. I mean, there's a lot I want to say about this movie, but I think it's more along the times of like mm-hmm. along the lines of the theoretical, like how I feel about this movie as a as an objective whole, which has changed a lot since uh, the first time I saw this movie. Uh, in 2014, I saw it in theaters, and I thought this was like the most like brilliant thing I'd ever seen. Like the same with like you, Eric. Like where I was like, this is like I love my high horror. I love like my A24. I love my Ari Aster. I love me some Ari Aster. I love me some like weird Charlie Kaufman. I love like anything that's scary and is like you know has like some sort of deep, deeper like sort of like scare into it. Then it's just like a, somebody coming forward, lumbering towards you. I mean, what this mm-hmm. does so effectively is it does give you the idea of like a lumbering Jason or, or you know, Michael Myers type villain. It's just going straight at you. They, that's like the twist of it, really. This, it can only come straight mm-hmm. at you. That's why it takes so long to get at you. And that's why it can like look like anything. Uh, but like it, it does this in a really effective way. And I thought this, this movie was really great. Uh, rewatching it, I, I actually like did not feel as strongly uh, about mm-hmm. it. In fact, I actually like okay. had a lot more reservations about this movie, like on review now in 2020. And maybe it's because we've had so many great horror films. Like honestly, yeah. I think it's because we've had so many great horror films that hold together better than this movie, which is like what it is is like a great premise with a like with a very stylized execution. But in like fact, like there's like no there's no meat in the sandwich. There's like not much there there. Yeah, I, I would like I would love to have seen. I mean, I like the movie, but I also I agree. I would love to have seen a version that I think was a little bit more like worked out in terms of okay, we've done such a good job of establishing this monster and some of the sort of rules of it and like what it means to have and it follows. And I I would have loved to see more in like the third act of like having to be clever and to sort of try to outwit it or decide to like get away from it according to its nature right. and what they've learned as opposed to where they sort of, I feel like almost fumble through it right. just so we can get a little bit treating it like a metaphor as opposed to a actual threat. 
So I, I do feel like there's more of like a straight ahead horror movie that you could do while still satisfying the thematic premise and what's interesting about it. Or like, I, I, would, I would like to see a lot of, okay, so me and Eric were talking about this last night, me and Eric, uh, uh, Nerdcon, we were talking about this last night. It'd be really cool to like promote a movie, like to have a movie where you think like it's like a thriller movie where somebody's escaping with mm-hmm. their kid from their like abusive husband or whatever and like have it be revealed at the end of the trailer or only when seeing the movie that it's actually an it follows situation where somebody has right. a kid and they're like, you know, like I want to see this world expanded on a little bit more because there are a lot of interesting hypotheticals that like that this movie raises like, what if you had sex with someone and the person went on a boat? What if you had sex with the person and they went on a plane? Like, what if, because there's only one of the monsters and it has to follow the person that you then have sex with. Right. So you can, like, basically, if you get somebody and then they go on a boat and you strip them off seas, then they could, you could essentially take care of that problem for a long enough time. Yeah. I feel like that if we got to It Follows Five or Six, they'd have to start exploring. You'd get, like, the, you'd get, like, the yeah. Manhattan of the series. Well, I, I think a lot of the a lot of the the fear from this movie is that because you also have to get it confirmed very consistently throughout through through hypothetically you can run for long periods of time sure but it's even if you pass them on to someone else you're always gonna see it or you all you are always gonna live with that fear that. Yeah you know, it, it already killed the people in front of you. It could hypothetically get to you if there's not that many people well, that you, well, you know, created that sex train, essentially. It can't face the walls, so could it? It is supernatural. It is supernatural, but we do find out by the end, like, shooting it in the head seems to be at least effective to, A, slowing it down. Temporarily, it, yeah. Or, like, it's, it's, it's might as well. That's when, uh, that's Wrong. when it comes Wrong that's movie, yeah. yeah it's not, that is not the same movie. Uh, yeah. Very cool how I recognize that one still though is yeah. a different thing. Um, uh, it looks like something that can be in follows, but like you know, so by the end, like she, the, let's talk. Okay, let's talk about this. Talk having, about it, having it comes so, at night almost as bad as having it follows. Way worse. Uh, so let's talk about the final scene. <laughs> let's, let's talk about. If we're gonna talk about scenes. Let's talk about that final scene in the the pool because I think that gets to a lot of the heart of what is frustrating about this movie, which isn't that the kids have a bad idea. Because like they're kids, of course they're not gonna have the best idea. They put a lot of like a lot of electronic equipment surrounding the pool. Mm-hmm. They have her get into the pool, and I guess the idea is that once the it follows gets in the pool, they can see that splash around water because it does take up a physical corporeal amount of space. They have a blanket, they can throw over it, it can get its mass, so they can right. it shifts around, it shifts like stuff around in space. It can throw stuff through windows. It has a physical entity. Right. So like if it gets mm-hmm. in the water, then she can jump out of the water, and they can throw in electric materials and therefore that's the that's the rough plan is to right because they can see that it bleeds they've shot it before and they see that if it bleeds they can kill it predator predator rules we all know shooting it we'll we'll get it to lie down the basic predator rule basic predator rules so like uh so what happens is the thing gets in the room uh it starts chucking the electronic equipment at her in the pool which will a brilliant like that's such like good problem solving on this like on the side of the monster B, it didn't seem like that's what the monster was after. It seems like its thing is to fuck you to death, right? Like, isn't that just thing is it needs to have sex with you? Like, no, it, it, it's almost like it's more like fuck with you, if anything. You see it have sex with a boy. Well, that's like her. Yeah, that is kind of a, yeah, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, she she jumps on him and attacks him, like, literally and figuratively uh, attacks him. Uh, where she, like, starts, like, dry humping him, essentially. Well, right, and at the beach, when you see the chick's leg pushed over backwards, it's almost impl- it's almost implied that mm. that's like she died through like hard sex, like through a really intense. It is. Like, I don't know if I ever made that if I ever made that connection, but I think that 
that's reason like that's yeah that's reasonable because we don't see her bleeding from anywhere else other than the leg and so like it didn't seem like she should have been dead like but it like, also like, seemed like I, with greg like she strangled him like her hands are on his yeah, neck. Oh, maybe. yeah. i always thought right it's just like a very brutal like beating the death yeah. mm -hmm. i didn't read it necessarily as sexual but yeah, i don't but, know but she has sex with the, with the guy with the guy that she has sex with the mom right has like when she when she walks in the room and that's what the creature's doing it's like having sex with him right she, yeah, yeah, she's dry humping it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's like a there's yeah there's like a liquid everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm saying like so the creature then just starts chucking stuff into the pool, which I guess wouldn't do. I don't know what's like thing that would satisfy except killing her. Uh, and then they manage to shoot it, and then they shoot it twice in the pool. She can see the blood. Yeah. Uh, like uh, so like that that takes care of it. Except now they're always gonna walk, yes walk around with the fear that it's still following them. Right. Yeah. But did they take care of it? Did they maybe just solve the problem just inadvertently? Uh, I mean, I think it's purposefully ambiguous. Like, there's a read on it that yes, but I don't know. Well, I have a question for you guys. Yeah, I, I don't. I very much don't think they took care of it. I very much think no, that like didn't. it was fine. Like it's like, at the very end. I mean, the final scene. You know, they're holding hands, walking down the sidewalk. It's kind of a very much an ambiguous ending because you see someone looks like they're following them. Yeah. Potentially. Right. But and, it's like, and purposefully, like they could show you that they have and it follows still, and they choose yeah. not to. It's like kept a yeah. little bit in question. Yeah. Could just be a guy. Maybe your it follows is right. just a guy. Well, and yeah. that's the idea. And some people like uh, illiteracy is their it follows. And right. And I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think that's the idea is like the, the terror is even if it, even if they mm -hmm. did solve the problem, well, they'll never fully believe it. They'll always well, be. Looking over their shoulder in case there's an involved. Well, wait, because well, after he is, well, something after I do want to, I, I do think that's something that would be very interesting to address is that this is like we kind of mentioned Eric and I earlier is that this is feels very much like a coming of age horror, horror thriller kind of situation, psychological horror, obviously. Right. However, these are for this is coming of age. They are young people. You know, they're they're like anywhere. They look like some of them look like what's his name the, the boy he looks like he's he looks like he's a senior junior senior in high school he looks very young she's in college right that's true yeah she's yeah but yeah they're very young in general thing is okay so if they're kids i would and this movie they kind of avoided adults i wonder if it would be different if a, if a, adults were in the conversation now i wonder if hypothetically it attacked any of us how would we battle it <laughs> per se um eric if you okay i don't want to say if you were in this situation but yeah. how would you uh, how would you find a way to identify it or how would you try to run from it hypothetically if uh, you were victim to I, it i'm actually like i'm glad you asked me that because yeah, i think eric that this i think that this hypothetical is the movie's like biggest strength and weakness. Yes, because yeah, I yeah. think that it is so, I think it is so immediately appealing that as soon as people hear the idea of this movie, they're like, oh, you know what I would do is I would get on a boat and this is how I would do it. And the hypothetical is so fun that the fact that the movie isn't really interested in that, yeah. to a lot of people, they're like, they're like, what the fuck? I wanted to see them trying to like outthink this situation. Um, whereas like, this is going to sound obnoxious, but to me, that's the thing I like about it is that it has that dream logic that it doesn't get hung up on the logistics. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it adds like a thing that's separate from the movie. It's a really fun hypothetical to think about because the thing is, if I were to like move to Italy and this thing is always walking across the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> I feel like the longer, the longer I go without having to directly worry about it, the more likely it's going to be that when it does catch up to me, it gets me. Right. Yeah. Because if I 
go somewhere where it takes a year, a year from now, I'm not going to be thinking about it every day. I'm not going to be looking at every single person being like, are you in It Follows? I'm just going to be living my life in Italy. And then one day the person next to me in on the street is going to beat me to death, right? Well, um, is, that, is that a problem then in that case that you will almost, I don't want to say forget, but it's not on the forefront of your mind. But also it's something to consider is that obviously these coming of age kids, these kids, they don't have the the financials. They don't have the, they might, maybe they don't have a passport or they don't just don't have the ability to travel. Dying, to, rotting yeah, city. They don't have the support of older people to help them out. So it, them troubleshooting as limited as they are it makes sense because my first gut thing was like obviously travel right brazil heck go to antarctica <laughs> or something to do if you get this i, I do i really I've, I've figured out the solution for what happens yeah. if you get it follows you 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 have sex with somebody who's in the army like actively deployed in the army and what you do is like because a this thing can be killed or at least at least stop for momentarily with bullets and b because the thing can't phase through stuff to get into an army army military base you have to do a lot more than break a window like you have to like you, I, i'm aware i've lived on them that. so like to get to the next person in line before it can get to you like it would have to be able to like actively get through like a an active military base or like get through like whatever fort you, they deployed so, you or whatever it, so it I sounds like not only have sex with uh, someone on in the military but also and make sure that they do live on the base because not everyone that's in the military actually lives on the base. But, but also, they're also with the uh, guns and they can like shoot is, them. That's not a given though. I I know many of people that many people right. that are in the military and they're horrible with guns. They do okay, but for Alex, but like I think Lon's point here about the it's helpful if you're a lady who gets in it falls. A man who gets in it falls, you gotta you gotta seduce yeah. a lady who lives on a military base. Well, I mean, it's a little easier to find a willing participant. Yeah, and that's even mentioned in the movies where that's he says it should be easier for you. You're a girl. That's one of my favorite parts of the film, actually, or like one of the sillier parts, or like, you know, in retrospect, is that like this guy is like whining and dining a girl from like the next town over that he's going on like several dates with, like more than one. It's a lot. <laughs> and like, he's just like, he's spending all this time and like uh, effort into like making sure that she likes him and she's comfortable enough to have consensual sex with him. Like, is that a part of it where it has to be consensual? Cause like, when she's just like, of, maybe he's just a good guy. He wants he to would, give her and it follows, but he doesn't want to be not a gentleman. I mean, like, yeah. the, the, found like a way to like seduce like he has enough time to do that he's not afraid of things coming after him like you know like what is oh, he he's do? clearly concerned listen consent I mean, is important the lady in the yellow dress that you don't hear there's a there's a look that you know the, the she has sex with the younger guy with the guy that's like her, right. her sister's friend and then he goes off and we see him driving past what looks like two prostitutes yes yeah he's like staring at them and he they're staring at him and i think the implication there is that he's gonna go have sex with prostitutes now because they will immediately pass it on to somebody else and right. they'll create a buffer Yes, but they've already. But destroyed if the prostitute has sex with someone who's not going to have sex with somebody else anytime, so like, unless like, they were more prostitutes. That's true. It's a little bit of a. Yeah. It's a little bit of a cul-de-sac there. No, problem. because like no, because like, they go to more hookers, like or their or their wives, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. But it, once it, the it, chain, it, the farther the chain gets from you, the less knowledge you have of being able to like track it and do the right. math. Yeah, there's not a lot of like, contact tracing going on anymore. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely uh. Uh, it's something I consider like definitely that's definitely an approach. I think it's definitely smart. I, I do think something that should be figured out is how to identify them. Yeah. Like they need, because clearly like you, you can throw a sheet over them, even if they're invisible. 
essentially, or like things like that. Um, but you can't, um, I kind of wonder if you could spray paint them or something. I wonder if that's possible. Like the pluses and minuses of being an A24 horror film. Like on the pluses is they make all these like interesting one-off, like, you know, like a lot of different kinds of diverse cross-section of films. But on the negative side is we never get one of these franchises to go to like eight movies where we really get <laughs> all these ins and outs. Like if this was a Freddy or a Jason or a Michael Myers, like we really would get to see movies where they explore all of these ideas of like- If you well, were really good- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, like what what does happen to when it follows if you try to like you know throw paint on it or put a sheet over it or make it identifiable? Like what does happen if you go to an island and it has to get there? Like that would be it follows six if New Line was making <laughs> instead of what if, what if someone gets an it follows who's really good at math, right? And then you just figure out the speed that it moves at and you pick yeah. two points that are the exact distance from each other that if you travel between them every like you know, two days or whatever, you're just always going to pass by this thing and be yeah. like, bye. Here's what I think. I think Dimension Films needs to come back and I think they need to <laughs> buy the rights to It Follows and just, just pump one out a year. I think what you do is you put, the, you put the It Follows in a cube, like in the cube from Cube and just like, <laughs> so you just keep it in a cube and like, if it can't get out, then it can't hurt you. But and this is I mean, imagine like that's how It Follows 8 would open. It's like scientists and they have the It Follows in the lab and they're studying it and then like, one of them has sex with it and it gets out. Do you, say, hey, do you think that you have sex with it? You think that's what patient zero I'm got saying, it? That's do you what, think it got it, fucked? This is how <laughs> it follows eight. I'm wait, like, somebody has sex with it, it follows. And I'm like, wait, they have sex with it? And I'm like, yes. Cut you to got, You guys, this is a, this is what we need to come down to. We need to figure out, we need to come up with a pitch. We need to come up with a quick five minute elevator pitch situation and get this yeah. sold because we're going to be billionaires here pretty soon. And yes, it's going to be two wit, two follows <laughs> coming in hot summer 2022 <laughs> or whatever it might be. One of the things that's kind of obnoxious about this, I do think is like reading afterwards. And I, I remember this being better. I, I read a bunch of lesson. I read a bunch of David Robert Mitchell uh, directors, um, uh, interviews, and I remember them him giving really good interviews at the time of this movie coming out. I remember him like uh, addressing this: how you could deal with it if it was on a boat. He said it could get on an airplane. He said it could do this. He could do that. Hypothetically, he said he said that the guy didn't tell her all the rules, but the guy didn't even necessarily know all the rules. But like here, could the- it go to space? Yes, it was addressed. <laughs> yes. Then I was looking it up last night. It follows X. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Starring Lucas Black, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, they're having sex in Who is Lucas Black? I don't know. Um, okay, something I do kind of want to know as well is that, um, you know, there's n- not really any notable actors except What's-His-Face, 17-year-old kid. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Micah Monroe. Kira Gilchrist. Yeah, yeah Kira Gilchrist. Um, you know, aside from him, I know he's obviously been quite a few things. He was on, like, in Dead Silence. It's kind of a funny story um, outside of this. Wait, but is there silence? any other... Oh, wait, wait. Who was he in Dead Silence? Um, he was in as young Harry. Henry, I mean. All right. Apparently. But is there any other actors of note that you think were, like, dang, they did a good job? I mean, that, that came from, uh, that came uh, from the, the Netflix series is really good. That one from the uh, mm-hmm. Netflix series where I think he has Asperger's. It's like the kid that she has sex with. Right. Yeah, he's really yes. good. And, pure pure yeah. Gilchrist. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I think Olivia Lucardi is her name. She plays the friend, Yara. 
She's in the third season of Channel Zero, which is terrifying. Which one? Oh, wait, the Noah mm-hmm. House? No, the, not the Noah oh, House. Oh, the clam thing? Yeah. yeah. That thing's cool. But no, she's the Channel Zero the butcher, season, uh, uh, butcher, butcher, butcher Block. Butcher yeah. Block with Rucker Howard. Yeah, she is. Oh, yeah, she's one of the sisters. Mm-hmm. I like that there are some weird visual touches in the movie that kind of set it in almost like an alternate really? reality yeah. or timeline. Like it's, it's not set. Like, it's like in weird Detroit. Yeah, yeah, it's like not quite in our world, but it's not quite in like a completely different world. It's like almost our world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about going to different zones. Yeah, I love like- that clam phone. Yeah. yeah, I love the clam phone. Oh, yeah, I was like, I was looking at that and I was like, can I just want someone to explain to me what it is. Like, it's a, it has a flashlight. It has, it was like, she, she's reading on it. She's like, she's, she's texting. And I'm just like, they couldn't get the rights to any cell phone. So they. Yeah, I mean, I think it is also a purposeful decision to like, there's yeah. something otherworldly about it. It's like, there. It makes it feel like a dream. You're like, this is weird. This right. is wrong. Like, why does she yes, have that? And how can I get one? To make it off. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I do want to take a moment to highlight her neighbor, um, her, the neighbor boy. Um, I don't know his name. Greg. His name. I'm sorry. Probably Greg. Greg sounds Greg. right. Yeah. So Greg, his yeah. He was a real Greg. Auto, you know, he's he's in a handful of things, but in particular with this role, and you know, I, I feel like there's a real clear difference in the approach to sex for some of these different characters. Now, our main character, she's like, uh, you know, she she's mentioned, hey, I'm, you know, I haven't had sex with my this this my boyfriend yet. Not not she has had sex, but obviously not with this boyfriend yet. You know, things like that. But also the you know you know Greg in particular, he's kind of shown pretty consistently having some longing glances at like some what's her face's legs you know oh, yeah. she's kind of like flirty like low-key grabbing her legs like her ankles and holding hands and, and stuff she mentions like, that they slept together in high school. school yeah yeah so there's yeah. a lot of there's different approaches so there's definitely a commentary and he like very quickly very quickly gets killed obviously so there is a it seems like there is that commentary um versus like if you're that versus uh you know versus like almost holding out essentially don't be a greg don't be a greg yeah. is always the lesson don't there's be there's such a greg wrong with being a greg <laughs> just want to point that out but in this movie in particular there seems like there is a kind of very it seems like Greg wasn't even really honestly taking it seriously. You know, he, he, like from his point of view, he wasn't there when her hair, her, her hair stood up on the beach. He just saw her waving a gun at the beach being, you know, reacting the way she was. And, you know, from his point of view, I wonder if he still didn't believe her and he was just trying to offer her support. No, and this is how the door get kicked in. He definitely saw the door get kicked in. But like he didn't, but he but he didn't really say Yeah, but he justifies it as like, I don't know, something happened, but it wasn't yeah. that I don't think that he doesn't yeah. take it seriously. It's more that he doesn't like he doesn't he's had no evidence to anything either way. And right. does a very clever thing, and this is how you know that, that there's more rules to it follows than the one we've been seeing given, is because it waits. It waits several days, we're being told, like between them having sex and like it showing up as his mother and breaking into the house. Like it's in remission or it's in hiding. Like it, it got shot at. Like it maybe it needs to heal. 
maybe it's like, and I, I don't know what the issue is, but like well, it yeah, waits. Maybe it's even strategic. It buys the time. I mean, just like Eric said, like maybe it's lying in wait, knowing if I show up right away, you're ready for it. If I just show up at a random time and you don't know when I'm coming for you, it's scarier. Yeah, I mean, it's showing up as the, his mother is also very interesting because as far, as far as we've seen up until the very end of the movie where we reveal who she saw in the pool, we don't know who any of these people that it's showing up as is, yeah, showing up as are, except right. for one point it shows up as the dead girl from the beginning who she wouldn't know. Right. It shows up as his mother. So it can show up as like, Somebody who's alive. Yes, it could. It could take pretty much any think, human form. I feel like. I think that's the, partly because. Yeah, because to break into Greg's mm -hmm. house, it shows up as Greg, so that when people see Greg trying to get into Greg's house, although I guess the only person that could see it is Jay, but maybe that's its reasoning. Yeah, it's it like, shows up as Greg. If she's across the street looking. She'll just see Greg. When it's it shows up as Greg. When it's, it's Greg first when trying to get into the house. Oh really? I thought it was Greg. When it throws the rock through the window, it's it's Greg as well. Yeah, it's and then it's Greg again when mm -hmm. it's leaving. It's the mom only when it's inside the house, which is very interesting. Oh wow, that's interesting. So maybe it just knows that it's she's watching, and it's like maybe she'll get confused. Like maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Or maybe it's yeah, different for to whoever is seeing it. Like maybe he sees it and she sees it as someone different. No, because he's yeah. like mom, and we see it through her eyes as his mom. Oh, so yeah, you're right. You're right. But who's that tall guy? Screw that tall guy, right? Screw that tall guy. Screw oh, that, God, little that tall guy. guy. That and that <laughs> random, like, kid with the overalls and the eyes. Oh, you know, that, that, that kid felt like a traditional, like, horror movie moment. Um, so, so we kind of chatted about some of our fave scenes, you know, lines and all that good stuff. I do kind of want to move on to um, another segment of the show. Um so we're just going to talk about obviously not only does it hold up but i um but in particular um this movie i know i do kind of really focus on drew for this one in particular because it changed so much for you mm -hmm. um seeing it at the beginning versus seeing it now mm -hmm. okay now do you think with a lot of the themes we talked about ageism in this movie we talked about you know how it's a you know the director has mentioned how it's a, how it's reflective on std sex culture, things like that. What, at least director, that's what he said. Is there anything in particular about it? Yeah, F that kid. I don't like it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nay, nay. <laughs> um, is there anything about it to you that makes it not hold up? Uh, yeah, I just think that, like, there's just been so many other movies that have done deep horror or elevated horror. It's funny that we the two phrases we use are, like, mean the opposite things. But, like, elevated horror, there's been so many great films uh since this movie has come out there's been get out there's been all the Ari Aster stuff hereditary midsummer there's been the whole renaissance of the a24 there's been like you know there's even been like you know what year did oculus come out like there's even been like you know the mike flanagan stuff like you know like there's been oculus 2013 you know dr sleep you know there's been uh there's just there's just been so many great mm -hmm. horror movies that have played with uh abstract or metaphorical concepts or concepts that are not like just the conventional slasher or like possessed doll thing and I think that they have done it better than just presenting a concept and then not really executing on it as well as they could have. Um, you know what I think is interesting? The STD thing comes up all the time. And I mean, it's obvious the connection. Like it's a, rather than an illness or a virus that gets passed, it's a ghost that gets passed. But I, I've never really, it, the movie doesn't feel like it's about that 
to me. Like in a in a the the, the characters no. and the dilemma is speaking to the experience of having STD. It feels to me a lot more like trauma, like the idea of experiencing mm. trauma, and then even as you move away from it and you move on with your life and you meet new people and have new experiences, it clouds everything. It's like it's always following you or hanging on you yeah. or showing it different forms and in taking different shapes during the course of your life as you continue to move on like it feels like the movie speaking more to those kinds of ideas than the std i think everybody got kind of caught up on the std thing just because of the very practicality of like well yeah you have sex and you get an std and then you pass it on to someone else yeah yeah i, I definitely can i hear jump on that, that please yeah. oh sorry go go ahead Oh, please. No, please do. Um, sorry. Sorry. The lag is very, like, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to, to interrupt. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you said that, Lon, because that is the big thing with this movie that bums me out is I think a lot of people reacted to the, like, one-sentence synopsis of the movie, which it very much sounds like it would be an STD metaphor, but I think the movie is very much not, like... Like you said, it, I think trauma tracks as a metaphor for what the It Follows is. I think heartbreak tracks. I think death. I think responsibility and aging and, like, a loss of innocence. I think there are a lot of metaphors that are really interesting in this movie. And the STD one makes it sound like a weird, like, sex-shamey thing, which I I don't mm -hmm. feel it is. Uh, and so right. I'm with you. I think that people get hung up on the STD metaphor when that's not really in the movie at all. No, and I mean, it's yeah. you could. I could see a movie like a horror movie where the monster or the horror in movie reflects like that feeling that you would have. Like, you know, like what it would feel like to have this body horror, this thing infecting you that you got from this other person. Now you could potentially give up. But I don't, that is not what it follows feels like to me. It, it does feel mm -hmm. much more like it's this specter that's hovering around you that, that doesn't have a direct physical link like, well, now it hurts to pee. It's, it's more existential in terms of its effect on you. <laughs> I, when I watch this, I, I, I absolutely agree for sure. It's it more like it's not just the act of sex that really, you know, made it fearful to me. It's the, the act, the, what the sex act uh, represented when people, when a lot of people have sex for the first time, it's a term, it's a, it's a time of transition, you know, into adulthood, into puberty, things like that. And so when I saw it, it, it felt more like that transitioning period where you are coming into your own, coming into that transition. And so by, and, uh, you know, and there's this idea, like, at least for some people that, you know, once you have sex, is there is that idea, oh, so you're an adult now, you're taking your responsibility of your body into your own hands. And therefore, you're going to have these other responsibilities as well. So yeah, I, mean, I also think it's like, well, sex is so caught up with things like trust and things like intimacy. Yes. And now you're injecting that scenario with, but mm -hmm. it, inherently, and it follows, it's a betrayal. It's like, you're relying on the person that you're about to have sex with, their trust in you and their willingness to be intimate with you to give them this horrible curse. Like to, to have sex with someone in this movie is to curse them with this vengeful spirit that will now follow. But interestingly, in the, the sort of criteria of like what a guy versus a girl has to do, everybody that she has sex with, and she has sex with three people over the course of the movie, one that gives it to her, but two that right. willingly know that this is going to be what happens. And they still like have sex with her. They still willingly have sex with her. Like she, she's. They have consensual sex with her, knowing that an it follows might occur. 
Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still like you're cur- like even if they know that you're cursing them, you're cursing them. I mean, it's, it's your their choice. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. No, it's, it's it's not a judgmental thing. I'm just saying it's like it's tying to the sex of this this very negative. <laughs> it it dark. also felt like a team aspect. Like if I'm gonna be with a if I'm gonna go through this horrible situation through life, I want someone that understands my situation. I want a team part. I want a partner that note where that recognizes that uh, that something is out to get me to a certain extent. And so, and sometimes, and that actually not only recognize it, they know exactly what it is. And obviously this is not exactly something that you can really describe unless they, unless they experience it for themselves. So it almost feels like we're going to get through this together. Go team. Kind of, yeah, kind of a passive. <laughs> like, it's not that, life. It's, it's not that Chris Pratt wakes Jennifer Lawrence up and now she has to spend eternity with him on the rogue space station. It's that she can't consent in advance. That's the problem. It's like, sure, she might want to spend eternity with him, but he had to wake her up first and now she doesn't get a choice in the matter. That's yeah. the, real, the real passenger's dilemma. How would you react if you started dating someone, if you started dating someone and they were like, by the way, before we sleep together, this is an it follows situation. Here's my plan. This is what you're signing up for. What would your reaction be? I have a plan. It's a tough thing to put to fit into your Tinder bio. Yeah. Not a big deal. No biggie. No biggie. You just gotta have sex with someone else. No big deal. Well, you know what would suck if they ended up you having sex with someone else and they had like sex with someone else and somehow it circles back to you again. Oh, you mean like the person that they had sex with who has sex with someone else then has sex with you? Ugh, yeah. Why have sex with all these losers? <laughs> <laughs> like, and you don't oh, know. Like, what, what are you gonna do? Then? Never have sex? Are are you just never gonna have sex again? You know. That's it's funny really in because then when the chain with the cycle, what happens if it? Because like you imagine, yeah. like if people are always bouncing around between one another, like that probably happens all the time in the it follows world. Whole friend groups are taken out. Yeah, this would be again if we got a long <laughs> franchise. Eventually, you'd have an it follows movie where like three or four it follows would be like in a bar together. Like, don't you hate it when they all start having sex with each other? Three it's walk into a bar. Yeah. Who's going to walk out? Joke is, none of them. <laughs> no, it's a bad joke. Sorry. Um, okay, so I do think that this is something that's kind of interesting. I do kind of want to highlight the director just a tinge. Because the director, obviously, you know, uh, you know, he's definitely done... He's definitely done quite a few things. I can't, I feel bad. Uh, you know, I just padded up right here. His name is David Robert Mitchell. He's this is definitely one of his more notable movies that he's been involved with. He's he's a writer, director, he's been involved as a producer. He did, uh, he was he wrote Under the Silver Lake, which has uh, like a serious, like a serious following. There's a myth of the American sleepover as well. So, obviously, this is a very Although this movie was the movie was made in 2014, he doesn't do that many movies in general. I'm surprised, considering its immense success critically and financially speaking, that we haven't really seen more of him taking on 
more projects or anything like that. Am I am I am I misthinking? Am I missing something here? He's apparently got some kind of superhero-y thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, he's not In doing this to get his Jurassic World, you know, bona fides. Like, obviously, he wants to keep doing interesting stuff to right. him that's more personal. And I really liked Under the Silver Lake. Like, obviously, it's not for everybody. And, like, it's going to be mm -hmm. a particular kind of taste. And it's not a, much like it follows, like, it mm -hmm. follows, it's a it's a cool movie, but it's not trying to please horror fans. Like it's kind of expecting you to come to it and meet halfway. I think Under the Silver Lake is sort of the same thing for the mystery noir sort of genre. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're interesting films. He's an interesting filmmaker, but yeah, he doesn't seem to be somebody who's like leaping to make mainstream things that are going to please everybody. And so it's probably a harder road to get stuff, new projects going. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, and I know you said Eric that he might have something superhero-y in the works. Is that right? That's what I heard. But it's gonna be like it's not like gonna be a tent pole like blockbuster. It's gonna be some weird small whatever. Yeah. Even better. That's but. the stuff that I want, right? I want the weirder. I want the weird stuff, man. Let's see. I, I want those like random twenty, thirty million dollar superhero movies. I don't want another two hundred million dollar superhero movie. I don't want it. No. Okay, so <laughs> I want of, Spawn I <laughs> made for like thirty million. <laughs> you know, random uh, ones like that. I have a question for you guys that I'd be curious to hear your answers of of the like four like indie horror filmmakers that each have two movies out: David Robert Mitchell, Jennifer Kent, Robert Eggers, and jo oh five Sorry, Jordan Peele are five who have Wait, each done two. Crazy Ari Aster. movies. Who's your favorite? Ari Aster. Like, what are you forgetting Ari Aster for? Um, wait, sorry. Repeat, repeat I said Ari Aster. Again. I said Ari Aster. Re repeat the options for me. I'm writing. I'm writing. <laughs> Ari Aster. Um. Uh. Jennifer yeah, Kent. Jennifer Kent. David Robert Mitchell. Jordan Peele and uh, Eggers. Robert, Robert Eggers. Eggers. Who's my pick? The The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse guy. Robert Eggers. Dan Gilroy doesn't count. Dan Gilroy. The guy who did it. Buzzsaw. Nightcrawler. Yeah, those aren't hard. Nightcrawler's not a horror movie. Buzzsaw. I disagree. Well, Under Silver Lake isn't. No, that's true. Buzzsaw is. Buzzsaw is. It's not very good. Yeah. I would definitely go with that. He also wrote Roman J. Israel and Kong Skull Island. Jordan Boyd Roberts? That's who you're talking about? And he also wrote Born Legacy and Real Steel. Yeah. What? He wants to do come? Metal Gear Solid, right? Isn't he still trying to do Metal Gear Solid? Jordan Not Boyle sure, Robert. but he did The Fall from 06. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's been in the weeds for like three years trying to get his the solid state. Um, I would have to say, you know. Uh, Drew, is your personally, pick Ari Aster? Yeah, it is. Yeah, she she's a big Ari Aster. Big huge Ari Aster head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like in my mind, there's no Ari Aster does something that these that these movies don't. Uh, particularly that like he deals with grief, like as a as a form of like horror trope, and like he explores really uncomfortable. Like he's not afraid to explore uncomfortable things, and then also just like see them play out in a very satisfying way. I think. I know a lot of mm -hmm. people didn't love Midsummer, but I really did, and I thought Midsummer like. Uh, especially because they do have a director's cut, oh, yeah. whether or not I've seen it. 
another thing. But like they they do, he does like want to explain what's going on in the world, like that he creates, and he does not trying to purposely obfuscate it. He's just trying to get you to like kind of confront some very uncomfortable feelings. So what he evokes in me is like very different than like what uh, it follows or like Get Out does, which is like come face to face with a certain kind of beyond mortality, like a certain kind of thing that we don't ever want to like look in the face of, like a certain kind of grief, a certain kind of fear that goes beyond like fear of our, for our own selves and goes to like more fear of losing the people that you love. So yeah, uh, Ari asked it for me. It's kind of funny. Um, I've really, really, actually, I prefer our uh, Mitzmar over uh, Hereditary personally. Um, it's, I, I saw this video on YouTube though, and I'm like, and now I'm kind of rethinking it. It, it was like a low key how it was, uh, Mitzmar is also includes a lot of themes uh, that is almost in support of the Third Reich. And I was like, what the F? <laughs> and how it was like, there was like a mention of like, there's a mention of like, uh, like uh, some kind of fascist book written by a Nazi or something. Oh. There was that. There was like a there was like a few like a few like drops well, here and there. And I'm like, I have to go back and like find it. Jewish. So like, I don't think that's that's gonna. No, absolutely. Like, like I heard this and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Like no. obviously. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to find it. I'll see, I'll send it to you because well, I was like watching it and I'm like, Alex, which one of those directors okay. would you pick? Personally, I would pick Jennifer Kent. I love Babadook. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like horror movies surrounding parenthood, motherhood in particular. That is like a whole subcategory of filmmaking right there. <laughs> and it's terrifying. But Did you yeah. The, the Nightingale those, or other one? I, I've seen Nightingale. I saw it once and it haunted me for a very long yeah. time and I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> um, but she's definitely like, uh, I mean, but after watching those movies, cause I really love Babadook. She's definitely one of those directors. I'm like, whatever she's making, I will pay money to see it. Um, Ari Aster, I really like, but I mean like, oh, like, oh, I just like the, I just like the, loved the movies less. They didn't really hit me as hard as Babadook and, and, um, uh, you know, Nightingale. So but that's just me. Mm. What about you, Eric? My person. My person. I'm probably with Lon. Probably Robert Eggers. I think The Witch is a perfect movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I How love We all have different answers. It's like mm -hmm. a fantastical, imagined, horrifying view of the past, but that's also probably more realistic than most other actual period movies. Like, yeah. Like, being Puritans and moving your family into the woods probably was about as miserable as it looks in The Witch. But then he's adding this additional layer of like, but also the darkest <laughs> shit they were imagining was real. Like, like all, both of those conditions at the same time. And it's just like, there's something like a, like it is like dreamlike and surreal while also being very gritty and realistic and terrifying and authentic. Cause that's the lighthouse too. It's like, there's this, there's this like it's 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 obviously fantastical and they're losing their minds and they're hallucinating and going crazy. But then it's also this very like all the lingo is authentic and it really is mm -hmm. like what it would be like at this lighthouse at this period in history. And uh, the combination of that just knocks me out. I love it. I yeah, absolutely agree. It's, he's definitely something I think oh, yeah. that really adds to it is that um, it's very clear watching his movies. He 
watching it, I was like, this guy must have been a costume designer, a production designer, or a cinematographer, or some combination of the three. But, uh, you know, him in particular, he actually, for a whole bunch of movies, he was a production designer. And knowing that, I'm like, clearly, 100% looking at the production design and the costumes and everything it's like i don't know what that is um but um you know it's very clear though that he has such he has such a keen eye for the design aesthetic and creating that kind of ambiance you know when it comes to creating a scene which i really love yeah, I mean it, right? It, it, and and I mean the lighthouse too. We were speaking about mm-hmm. how it follows has that very like yeah. otherworldly, out of time kind of. And like the lighthouse, the filmmaking itself, like there are some, there are like a few effect shots that obviously were like modern sort of techniques. But it almost feels like it could have been made in the '30s or the '40s. Like the movie just exists out of this era entirely. And if you didn't recognize Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. You, you wouldn't necessarily know it was 2019. It could be the 80s, the 50s, like Bergman could have made that movie. It's just this island and this black and white cinematography and these lights and like, it's just so simple on one level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, think, yeah. I, I think there's, I mean, look, I think Under the Silver Lake is a movie that I started and haven't finished it. Uh, I, I Like I said, I loved this movie when it came out. Like I really did. And I think that everyone should like, definitely like if I, if we're going yeah. to like the, should we recommend this movie or not? Uh, like I would absolutely recommend it follows because it's like a really it really is like on the cusp of this beginning era of elevated horror horror which we think of as happening so long ago or they're encompassing so many films but it was really just it was really just like six years ago like this movie came out six years ago and this was like Babadook yeah I mean I I don't know I I'm not a huge fan of the elevated horror tag I feel like it kind of overlooks the fact that there have always been great horror movies that are balancing like real thoughtful commentary and characters with scares. I mean, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, those are elevated horror movies, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I'm not crazy about that tech, but yes, this, as Drew was saying, like this current, this is sort of the vanguard of this current moment of Mm -hmm. what what that term and what that concept means today. Yeah, it's also kind of funny because, you know, Eric and Drew, you guys have very uh, different, you guys, you guys are, you know, biases towards that kind of elevated psychological horror, you know, movies versus Lon, you have a very different approach to horror, which I love. That's why we're here. That's why we watch, uh, we have a little son of a bias. That's why we love it. Um, Okay, so. Um, we are going to be getting to our next segment real quickly. And now, you know, everyone has them. Everyone has their biases pro, uh, for, against something, whatever it may be. And so I want to know from you, it doesn't have to be a horror movie, Eric, but it can be any genre you like. What is a uh, very notable, very popular movie or maybe a not so popular movie um, that you feel like everyone knows or has seen? but you don't want to see it, have no desire to see it, or maybe you just haven't had the time to see it so far. Is there a popular movie that you just haven't gotten around to yet that you'd be able to uh, tell us about? Interesting. That's, well, actually this came up while while we were talking about what movie to do for this episode, uh, which Mm -hmm. is that uh, I haven't seen a lot of those like classic slasher movies. Uh, Like I haven't seen the original Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, just oh. because slasher, wow, like it's nightmare? not, nightmare? Nightmare's not slasher. I've, seen, I've seen the terrible remake with Jackie Earl Haley that I that got dragged to. 
Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yeah, I saw it in the dollar theater. Love, you would probably love okay. it on Creed. It's a very high, like it's a very like transformative like it's it's not a slasher. Highbrow. He's a dream guy, so he's I mean, like they're considered slashers, but I agree. It's a, it's a little bit of a different twist on. He that. manipulates his dreams. It's not a slasher in the same way that like Halloween is a slasher. He's dead. Yeah. I mean, he's a dead person. Right. I mean, like okay. the classic like lumbering guy with a machete taking out teens. It's not quite that. He, he has is, jokes. He what? is murdering teens one by one. Like it, it has some of those. He things. has jokes. He does it, tell. It, it sounds like a, some of maybe some eighties horror appeal. movies in particular, right? Just in general. Yeah, I think I do. I do have a slight bias um, against against some of those, um, or just the eighties in general. You- I've recently realized is a huge uh, gap for me that I've been working on. Sorry, go ahead. And I was like, overall, like, what's kind of stopped you from watching those movies? Do you think it just comes down to you just didn't really grow up with them? Do you just feel like it's just like maybe the, like you said, I know you said the slasher kind of movies doesn't really appeal to you all that much. But I mean, is there something about, do you have like a bias against these movies? Or maybe you just have a bias for other certain genres of horror that you just prefer? That kind of made you kind of avoid this? I feel a little... I do feel a little like I missed them um, because Mm -hmm. I saw Halloween for the first time when I was like 26 and I was like, Mm -hmm. it was fine. I liked it. It was good. I like recognize why it's good. But I, but I also recognized that if I'd seen it when I was 14, it would have been my favorite movie Mm -hmm. ever. You know what I mean? Um, So I think that the, like, we all have those movies where we just kind of end up feeling like, ah, I missed it. I probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. appreciate it now. I don't know. I'm sure I would like Nightmare on Elm Street, but for whatever reason, it's never been at the top of, of my like priorities to horror totally well we would love to have you come back on again sometime and we can dive into another movie next time uh when the time comes we would love to pick uh we would love to pick a movie for you to see or mm-hmm. maybe we'll do this again where you pick one for us um since this was a whole yeah. lot of fun um you know we are going to be just going to go ahead and wrap things the up over genre. here and mm-hmm. okay. oh sorry go ahead oh, go ahead no, sorry. You're good. You're good. The lag is very, like, you are good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I always feel bad because I'm like, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it was like 30 okay, so, seconds ago. It's like a whole, it's like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we are going to be wrapping up. I, yeah. uh, Things here in just a few minutes, guys. Everyone in the chat, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate it. Um, please like and subscribe to this video. Please leave a comment. That would be awesome. That would be so yes. amazing if you did that. Um, also, real quickly, I do wanna I do wanna kind of point out just a few things before we wrap things up. You know, here with Cinema Bias, Video Drew is doing a lot of amazing things with the Patreon. Uh, you know, you can come put Patreon up down there, uh, patreon.com slash video drew. You can yeah. also check some stuff out, um, you know, you know, a bunch of stuff on the Twitters and all that good stuff. So please do check it out. I know Drew, you're doing a million and one things, aren't you, Babu? Yes, I am. I'm constantly doing a million and one things, but we do have a letterbox as well. This, this for this show. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, how can people get in touch with us via Letterbox and see what we have going on? Yes. We have a huge letter. Uh, we have a huge letterbox list with a whole bunch of movies that one or both of us have not seen. There's like over 150 movies in there, uh, so it's uh, it'd be fun to dive into those movies and give you guys a big old hint. 
I have not seen the social network, near Zaire. <laughs> That's Alice, why it's mine. Have you seen the 1980 disco musical, The Apple? Never heard of it. What? Wow, that, I know what I'm doing for an upcoming I've episode. seen Psycho Beach Party. <laughs> it's good. It's not the Apple. <laughs> I not love Psycho Beach Party. <laughs> I feel like I, a, the Apple and the Village People musical Can't Stop the Music would be a great double feature for this program. Mm -hmm. We'll talk later. You know what? Maybe maybe we'll do like a watch long or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh, good. We're trying to do a bunch of new stuff. Also, guys, we're going to be coming up on, we're going to be having audio specific episodes coming up here pretty soon. So please uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Adam Ward. Thank you, my dude. Sorry, late night lawn maniac cop in Night of the Demons. You know oh, I mean? yes. I remember. Right. We were talking last time about some of my favorite classic slasher horror movies. Mm -hmm. And Adam was chiming in with some of his favorites, including Maniac Cop. Uh, yeah. terrific. terrific, if you haven't seen Maniac mm -hmm. Cop. Check it out. I have to check that out. Uh, there's, that's another horror movie I've been wanting to watch, but unfortunately really? I can't find it streaming anywhere. That well, one, I, I also, I I really want to watch the movie Maniac, like mm. really bad. Yes. I, like that, the whole um, first person like horror movie is really- Right, that's the Eliza yeah, the Elijah. Yeah, that, that one or the original version from like in 1982 or whenever it was released. Right. Um, I think it both be a fun time. But guys, that is going to be it for our show tonight. Real quick, we're just going to wrap things up over here. Eric, my dude, thank you so much for coming on. You're amazing. We love you so much. Um, is uh, where can we find Thanks you? Everything you're doing and all that good stuff. Find me on Letterboxd as Eric Zipper. On Twitter as Grog is here with two Gs at the beginning. Uh, I'm part of a new mm -hmm. comic book podcast called The New 52 and You that you should check out. And that's it. I saw that. I'm so excited to check that it out. Is. Your little intro would be, it was like, I've been just casually like bombastic about all things comics for like only 20 something years. No big deal. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, no biggie. <laughs> no biggie. What's Whatever, up? Uh, Lon. Where can we find you and uh, your beautiful face, bearded, oh, beautiful face? So kind. Uh, Twitter, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's where I update everything I'm doing. And uh, I also have a new podcast, How Rudnick and I started a new brand new podcast on the Starbirds Network. It's called Binge Boys. It's all about all of the streaming TV shows and movies that we're watching every week. Uh, so find that on iTunes, Spotify, wherever mm -hmm. fine podcasts are sold. Uh, we just started it. Literally, there's one episode. We recorded episode two today so keep an eye out for that oh that's pretty awesome drew my love well i'm not you know i'm not gonna give it the whole speech today because i'm wow. a little bit under the weather but uh you can just find me on video drew across all social networks uh i i'm here most days of the week except for friday night where i'm over at twitch doing video karaoke starting at 8 p.m usually you can find me around 8 or 9 p.m almost every day of the week over on this channel um and on twitter and instagram and all the all the social media I think that's it for me. How about you, Al? You can find me right here on Twitter at real underscore Alex Mack. You can also find me uh, doing a handful of things uh, with uh, not only here, but over at Cold Action Podcast. Tomorrow, I'm having an episode of Schmobates. It's going to be super rad, super dope if I do so myself. Eric Barnes, a.k.a. Warfather, is going to come in and hang out with me to co-judge slash judge. So it's going to be a real fun time, and we're going to have some really cool debates over there. And next week, we're going to have a reaction specific uh schmo bait so it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> it's 
going to get weird. <laughs> Surprise. Getting weird over here. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Again, please like, subscribe. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Twitter and all that good stuff. But yeah. uh, you guys are awesome. See you guys. Bye. Bye.